today's episode, we are dragging yours truly. <laughs> we're speaking modesty and we're speaking convictions and lessons I've learned regarding modesty and what modesty means. Is the standard for modesty in 2022 subjective? Is there an objective one available? Might that be the Bible? Where in the Bible might we go for that? Uh, or is modesty one of those areas of Christian liberty? As they say, uh, what even does that mean? What does an area of Christian liberty or an area of Christian conscience uh, really mean? We dive into all of those themes in today's episode. And before I let you go, of course, towards the end of the episode, I have to leave you with free stuff. I'm obligated. It's my mandate. So I give you free stuff before I let you go. Engage with me on um, my social media pages at Lele Mutari underscore on Twitter and on Instagram. Otherwise, you can always leave your thoughts in the comments section. I do love to hear from you. But without any further ado, let's jump into it. Welcome. Thanks so much for tuning in and choosing to spend some of your time with me today. If you haven't heard the previous episode, if you haven't listened to that, that was quite a good one. It was quite enriching. I speak about a paradox that I coined, uh, the Emperor's uh, New Clothes Paradox, where I speak about how integrity and cowardice are incompatible. I make the case in that uh, podcast episode. I go into very, very, a lot of detail. I go into very extensive detail um, and it gets quite fun as well, I think, um, as well as quite reflective. So that's always a very good balance to strike. If you haven't seen that, you should be able to find it in a playlist somewhere um, on YouTube. I will be putting the rest of my episodes up. But if you're listening via audio, then you should be able to find any of my other episodes um, in on the playlist, on the actual self-generated playlist on whichever app you're listening from. So that is up there for your convenience. Just find episode 21. And today's episode is also accompanied by visuals. This will be the name of the game going forward until further notice. So that is an exciting thing. If you didn't know that about the, the podcast, if you had lost listened or joined us on the podcast last year, then you might not know that we offer visuals as well. So I have delivered on that promise. So um, that's what we're doing. Catch the visuals on YouTube. I'm going to be leaving links in the description. I am feeling a little bit under the weather. So if you hear my voice sounding a little bit um, nasally at any point in the episode, it's probably because of that. I do ask that you pray for me, please. I need those uh, prayers. So today we're speaking about um, modesty and <clears throat> I said I, it's kind of this episode feels kind of like a self drag, um, except all these episodes. I think the principal function of this podcast is just to drag myself and correct myself and to call myself out. So that's probably nothing new. Uh, but I'm going to I think today is, would probably be a more direct um, calling out of myself because I speak about lessons that I've learned, um, immediate lessons that I've learned regarding modesty and conviction that I've felt regarding modesty. So um, just on that issue of conviction, because I do use that word quite a lot, quite a bit, I used it as well in the previous, um, in the previous episode when I was um, speaking about accountability and how, um, how that decision, the premise of that decision to lie to the emperor about his clothes or that he's got any clothes on, 
um, makes it difficult for people to hold each other accountable. And I spoke about conviction. Uh, if you need context, you should probably check out that episode. Uh, but so conviction is not the same as shame, right? So, and I didn't make that clear before. Uh, at least I don't feel comfortable with how I left that uh, issue, right? So on that score of conviction, conviction isn't the same as shame. Uh, right. It's also not really the sh the same as um, as guilt, not in the not in the very heavy, uh, ugly sense of the word. Right. Because shame pulls you away from God, whereas conviction pulls you closer to God. Shame is what um, Adam and Eve were feeling when they had to cover themselves up with fig leaves. That's what creates the distance away from God. Shame makes you afraid of God's judgment, uh, while conviction, conviction at least makes you rely on God's correction, right? It trusts God to be the one to correct you, to be the one whose standard is, is just and whose standard is true. Um, and shame places emphasis on your power, right? It says, I've done something wrong. Um, I cannot fix what's wrong. Oh, everything has just gone down the drain. Um, my entire life is, um, gone to hell in a handbasket, whereas conviction places the emphasis on God's sovereignty and his grace. Uh, it says there's room for correction here. It says there's room to do better, room for improvement. It says the standard can still uh, be met, or at least it's still worth striving for, striving to meet that standard. Uh, so in terms of uh, in terms of modesty, I was recently convicted on on this issue uh, I had a conversation with someone recently who who was saying who she, who mentioned something about um, I think my needing to cover up and now I'm someone to see uh, when I was in the world still um, and I, I I still kind of live in the world and it's 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 a it's it's a lifelong journey right having to navigate being in the world but not of the world and things like that uh but when i was still uh, a very militant atheist and i definitely didn't know christ uh didn't know god didn't have the relationship with god that i do now um i it was a laissez-faire situation right so i would uh, just wear whatever I felt comfortable in, obviously. Um, and of course, if it was functional, if it was practical, I would wear that. But I didn't mind much in, in the way of modesty. Uh, if I could show some leg, that was nice. If I could show some skin, that was nice. Some cleavage as well, that was fine. So um, with my journey uh, of salvation coming to faith, um, and just receiving Christ as not just my savior, but my Lord as well, uh, which is a taller, a bit of a tall order for someone who's kind of been calling the shots in their own lives. Uh, but when I received uh, Christ, accepted Christ as my Lord, um, I started to understand that there was something um well, there was, there, there was something in every area of my life that I had to change and not just one thing in every area, multiple things in every area. Right. Uh, but I was starting to note uh, a few things, right. I was starting to note things in different areas of my life. And, uh, when it comes to my appearance and my attire and my apparel and how I dress myself, how I adorn my body, um, that's, that, be, that came into question a lot. Um, and so I stopped just wearing uh, leggings and crop tops. See, I was the kind of person who could wear leggings and crop tops. Um, I've, uh, I'm one of the people who uh, people say have the body for it. Because even now when people, um, people remark about, you know, why I cover up a lot and such, um, 
and if they had my body they would wear this and if they had my body they would wear that and I, it's kind it's all very kind but um I, I i used to be that way right i used to live that way for a long time for most of my life um i could wear leggings and a crop top and not feel anything about it i could wear a mini skirt and i'd feel very comfortable about it i'd feel no sense of conviction of course because there wasn't a standard to which i was um measuring myself against or measuring my decision uh, as as it relates to clothes against its, uh, any standard really um <clears throat> so it was whatever whatever goes goes uh, but so recently um or at least when i came to faith i began to feel more comfortable being more covered up uh, so just not leaving too much skin out um covering my shoulders covering uh, my knees so that means if i'm wearing a short skirt or a skirt that's above my knees that means wearing stockings um, that means always having either a shawl or a cardigan or something over the shoulders um, and i'm realizing as the days go on that it, this is not even it doesn't feel uncomfortable right and it never has felt uncomfortable because when i came to faith and when i started to learn about uh, the biblical standard for um, modesty and just um, uh, the body as, as, as the temple and my having been bought uh, at a price, um, my being bought by the blood, it really just made me think differently about how I take care of myself altogether. Um, and uh, of course, a huge area of that would be the clothes. But just to, I digressed, sorry, that was a very long detour. But I was having a conversation with someone uh, recently who remarked about uh, my needing to cover up, right? Um, and uh, at the, I forget now what I was wearing at the time, but I definitely wasn't showing skin because I haven't done that in a while. Uh, I just don't feel comfortable doing that. I don't feel comfortable in jeans either. I don't feel comfortable in leggings. So, but my response to that person was, well, um, they have a very um, different, I told them they had a very different um, understanding of modesty than I do. Um, and so what I was saying essentially there is, um, well, what may seem immodest to you is modest to me. Um, and so let's let conviction uh, rule, essentially. <clears throat> so because if I don't feel convicted by the way that I'm dressed, if I'm if I'm covering up now way more than I used to before, um, and I feel like that's the right thing, and I don't feel convicted by what I'm wearing, um, then surely there's no problem because I'm not feeling like I'm doing anything wrong, um, and I'm I'm not aware of anywhere in scripture that says necessarily that covering up isn't enough. We need to I don't know do other things. Um, but so that's where I was coming from in the moment, but I've had some time now just to reflect on that conversation, um, and just to think about my approach when it comes to dressing. And I have to be very honest. Um, I, I, I still use a lot, well, at least a lot of my flesh still comes into play, still comes into, is still factored into the decision of what I wear on a daily basis. So I want to look good. I want to feel comfortable. I want what I wear to be practical, to be warm a lot of the time because I hate being cold. Um, so there, there are a lot of considerations that I make. But another one is obviously does such and such an item uh, flatter my body, right? So my body shape, my body size, um, uh, and my, uh, what are they called, dimensions and things like that. So um, typically my go-to outfits would probably be very long, usually a skirt or a dress, 
um if not it's a skirt with stockings um but always almost without fail it will be an outfit that emphasizes or highlights my silhouette right so you hardly ever see me showing uh, skin but you will pretty much be able to see the outline the overall outline of my body um and i hadn't until recently i hadn't um appreciated that as immodest um it hasn't it hadn't seemed to be seemed to me to be an immodest thing um which is strange because when i consider thing other things other items that i consider immodest for instance leggings alone are very, quite immodest i consider jeans to be immodest as well so anything for me that's going to um hug and and hug and expose the form of my actual uh, buttock cheeks uh that's to me uh comes off as very immodest right um and i think that also goes back to what how i was living and dressing beforehand right and conviction usually does have a lot to do with your own journey and your own testimony um and so that's where that's coming from uh but i'm realizing now and not just uh because of time and because of reflecting on it but even consulting the bible um that i may have been wrong on that score uh, so what actually is modesty? Uh, well, if you were to ask Google, you'd probably find an answer to, to the effect of um, modesty is, being, uh, is the quality of being unassuming of one's abilities, of, um, of one's resources, of one's capacity. So to be meek, basically, to be humble, uh, to be self-aware, self-effacing, um, so that would be what modesty is um and is modesty one of the bible's gray areas now this is an interesting question because i was watching a video recently by colin miller and i'm going to i, I might uh leave a, a link um in the description for for this video but colin responds to a progressive christian's view on modesty uh and the and the and he responds by saying well the standard for modesty isn't subjective as the progressive christian was saying in the video he was responding to uh the standard is actually very objective because what she says on her end uh and this is the person in the video that Colin is responding to, it kind of sounds like video response inception. Uh, but so in that initial video about modesty, um, she speaks about how two, two, two people can have different bodies uh, and be wearing the same outfit, but because their bodies are shaped differently and they're developing differently and the curvature is not the same, then the clothes are going to look immodest on the one person and not on the other. And so that standard uh, appears to be subjective. And Colin's response here was, well, no, that's not, an, it's not a subjective standard. It's an objective standard because anyone... Uh, whose body um, begins to develop and begins to be uh, curvy and fuller and is filling clothes in a different way um, is going to be held to the same standard, right? So it's not about the clothes you're wearing. It's about um, how those clothes fit you. So the standard is indeed objective um, in, that, in that regard. So just to put that plainly, because I think I may have rushed through that. So the point being made here is whether or not the clothes that p 
people wear are the same. So if you have two people, different body types, and they're wearing the same clothes, it does not matter that the clothes are the same. What matters is how the clothes sit, how the body fills the clothes, um, and how the body looks uh, in the clothes, right? So whether the body looks modest, whether the body is modestly dressed in said clothing. Um, and so Colin was saying this to say, well, this isn't an area of Christian liberty. This isn't a gray area. This isn't subjective. This isn't something we can kind of just throw our hands up in despair about and say, well, we don't know. Let's just pray about it. Um, this is actually an issue that the Bible is clear on. And I did my own digging, uh, as I do with issues of this nature. And second, first Timothy, pardon me, first Timothy two, um, I believe it was Timothy two, eight. Uh, all right. Uh, let's go to nine. Um, first Timothy two, nine, Paul writes the following. I also want women to dress modestly, uh, with decency and propriety adorning themselves not with elaborate hairstyles or gold or pearls or expensive clothes, uh, but with good deeds appropriate for women who profess to worship God. So that's clear. Uh, but unfortunately, although Paul does tell us that um, he wants women to dress modestly, he doesn't really go into what modesty is, except to say with decency and propriety, adorning themselves not with elaborate hairstyles or gold or pearls or expensive clothes, but with good deeds appropriate for women who uh, uh, profess to worship God. So that uh, I take to mean that you shouldn't be trying to grab attention um, by the way you dress. So you shouldn't be trying to um, attract attention to yourself in the way that you dress, right? So it should be your good deeds uh, that make a name for you. It should be your good deeds that make a reputation for you and not the way that you dress. And I've had to catch myself because I think, and especially if you're someone like me who really loves fashion, uh, you might fall into that trap a lot easier than other people will. Just because I love to play around with clothes and I've really been enjoying uh, the journey of finding things that I enjoy wearing, things I feel comfortable in, things I feel pretty in, uh, and things that are also going to match up to the biblical standard, right? So for me, that's exciting. Um, and it doesn't, it doesn't take the fun out of clothing uh, at all. It, in fact, it makes it even more fun, right? That I have to work around all these parameters. It's like having, it's like going to a dress up party, right? And having a theme. It's just, it's that much more exciting if you're someone who likes dressing up. Um, but so this isn't an area of, of Christian conscience or an, an area of Christian liberty, right? The Bible is pretty clear about that. Um, the Bible also tells us that we'll be judged by our daily lives, right? So we're not going to convince anyone to come over um, into the gospel. We're not going to convince anyone of the love of God, of God's righteousness. We're not going to convince everyone, anyone of the glory of God by grand gestures and declarations. Uh, we're going to do so by how we live our daily lives, by how we do the mundane things. Um, 
And what really sank in my spirit recently on the score is um, the story of the Berean Christians, right? The ones who examined the scriptures daily uh, to see if what Paul was saying measured up to scripture. And Paul wasn't offended by that at all. So he, he in fact, he, he, he applauded them for their fealty to scripture, right? They had a loyalty to the word of God and we should all aspire to that. Um, and there are a few people that I just wanna recommend who do that very, very well um, on the internet. So Colin Miller would be one of those people uh, whose content I consume. Uh, Ali Beth Stuckey is someone else who does it very well. Um, Mike Winger as well, and Ruslan. So um, I actually, I didn't plan that, but I, I, it seems I actually did put those in order of how, how frequently I watch uh, all, those, all those content creators. So yeah, Colin Miller, Ali Beth Stuckey, Mike Winger, and Ruslan. Um, make very rich content that is loyal to scripture, right? They are very fired up about getting the right answers in the word. Um, and they're just, they, they do their due diligence, all right? So, and that's just, that's very helpful in, in the world we're in today where confusion seems to be, <clears throat> pardon me, confusion seems to be the order of the day. Um, so just paying Paying attention to the detail of scripture is what I enjoy about these content creators that I just listed, right? So they're interested in an honest interpretation, regardless of how harsh it is. They're not afraid to cut it, particularly Colin. If you just see one video of Colin's, you you will know that you're dealing with someone who um, who really does measure up, measure the world up to the straight edge of scripture. Um, and he does so ruthlessly. He's, he, he eliminates everything that falls short of God's standard, which is the way that we all should be. Um, so, so you usually, um, usually you'll see a lot of people shy away from, from the harsh interpretations, right? So people will usually even deny Jesus's deity. They'll deny, um, God's, um, hatred and vengeance, uh, against sin, um, they'll, they'll just lord his love as his most important attribute. They'll even try to make it as though a scripture offers a rich, a rich resource for as, as literature or as some kind of moral prescription, but it's not actually inerrant. It's not actually the word of God. It's not God breathed, uh, so to speak. They, they are happy to, um, they're happy to say, well, it's rife with errors and, and inconsistencies, and we must always be ready to make allowances, right, uh, and defenses for where popular culture falls short of the standard of scripture. And on the point of, uh, of modesty, Collins, Collins' video is a great example, because on this one, the Bible is clear. Uh, if your clothing is attracting attention to you, more attention to you than your deeds are, um, then it is immodest because the point is not for you to draw attention to yourself, but to draw attention to God and to the glory of God. And the way that you do that is not in how you is, is not in how you dress, what you wear, but rather in what you do, how you treat people. It's in loving others. It's in being compassionate. It's in being the salt and the light of the world. And so that standard isn't subjective at all. That's a very, very objective standard. And so on that score, I, I agree with Colin. I wonder what you think. Um, going forward for me though, uh, I think I, I'll have to take a step back and rethink the way that I plan my outfits, um, particularly as it relates to 
um, just my overall um, emphasis on my on my silhouette. I think I might need to tone that down a bit. Um, and my cho choice of clothing might need to, I don't want to make it uh, baggy or anything. I think it is possible to look cute and still, um, and still be dressed modestly. And I will find the balance, trust me. Uh, I might even make a series of it, but I will find the balance and I will make it exciting and I will still be looking um, I'll still be dripping, essentially, drip is forever, and you know that, but let me know what your thoughts are on modesty, um, do you think I've got it wrong, uh, do you, are there any scriptures that uh, you think could better guide us on this topic of modesty, do you think that the, uh, that the standard actually is subjective, right, so what do you think when you see two people wearing the same outfit, uh, I don't know how often you see that happening, but two people wearing at least similar outfits in different bodies and body sizes or body shapes. Uh, what do you think about that? Is it unfair to say one of those people is dressed immodestly and the other isn't? Let me know your thoughts in the comments or at Leila Mutari underscore on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, I'm also going to try to venture uh, to write about this on my blog. So if you haven't visited my blog, please do that. Uh, you might like it over there. I do write a few things. Uh, just peruse. It's, it's a fun time over there. There's a corner of, uh, of my fiction stuff that I write and some of my more serious stuff and some essays also that I've got up on that end. And I'm thinking I should probably start a fashion blog um, on this topic of modesty. If you're keen about that, uh, I don't know, leave me a thumbs up. Let me see if you might be interested in getting on board with that. Would that be something you would care to engage in? Let me know. For now, though, let's get into free stuff. In free stuff today, I'm learning that worship is, I keep saying worship. Um, I don't have a worship. All right. Um, I don't know why my mind is stuck on warships, but I mean worship. <laughs> worship is the attention of the heart. So whatever your heart is attending to is what is what you're worshiping. Uh, right. So to whom or to what um, has your heart been attending? If I may venture the question um, and if you would be so kind as to answer that for me. So on my end, uh, I've been feeling quite convicted because I'm realizing that I've been attending more to God's blessings um, over me and in my life um, and in trying so hard to keep abreast with his next move, uh, to see what he's doing next, to try and see for the next opportunity, um, so much so that I'm neglecting just being with him, you know, just to be with God, to be in him, to abide in him. All right. Um, and not for him either. Right. It's for me. Um, I don't spend time with God, spend time in the presence of God for him. God doesn't need anything from me in that in that way. Um, but it's what I need. Right. I need to be in God's presence. I need to be to abide in his presence. I find peace um, in his presence. I find clarity in his presence, rest on all sides in his presence. And that's what I need. He, on the other hand, he's the king of the universe, right? So on his side, I mean, he literally made the universe, right? Not only is he king over it, he made it. So he, he, although he wants a relationship with me, for him, it's not a matter of eternal life and eternal death. Whereas on my side, it is. For him, um, I'm not his salvation, but he is my salvation, right? So 
on my side, God is my redeeming quality. And if you, if you've met me in person, you know, I say this a lot. I am a sinner and I don't say that in an antinomian kind of attitude where I'm kind of, you know, just sinning senselessly and woefully and just being like, well, I'm a sinner. So that's, you know, I'm a sinner and that's all. Um, but I say it in like earnestly, I want everyone to constantly remain in the awareness that I know how wrong I can be. I want everyone to know always that I'm very teachable, that I'm always very willing to reflect and look inwards and to improve and to correct. Um, and God really, and his grace is my only redeeming quality. Um, and even that, imagine that my only redeeming quality isn't even in my control. Um, and so that's how much I need God. Without him, I'm nothing. I've never been anything. And I've got no hope of ever becoming anything without him. And that's the truth, unfortunately, right? So we need God more than he needs us. And that's just the way it is. We don't have too much leverage here, right? We don't have leverage to negotiate. Um, for instance, referring back to the, the, the modesty segment, we don't have leverage to negotiate the standard for modesty, to negotiate whether homosexuality is a sin, to negotiate whether transgenderism is biblically legitimate. We just don't have the leverage to negotiate those issues, right? God's holiness is non-negotiable, and it's an important attribute of God. His holiness is like his love, right? It's an important attribute, a very key attribute of who God is and we don't seem to think we can negotiate his love in fact we're okay with his love we're okay with the fact that God loves us we're okay with how much he loves us with which is abundantly um, and in fact we, we even go so far as to amplify his love right over other attributes like his righteousness his justice um, his holiness for instance uh, but the point is we can't negotiate God's standard of holiness, right? And we can't try to elevate one of these attributes over the others. We have to take God's love, his immense love, along with his immense holiness, his immense righteousness, his immense justice. Um, the Bible tells us that God's throne is founded on righteousness and justice. Um, and so unfortunately, we just have to make do you cannot avoid um, the answer. Um, well, at least you can try, right? By not reading the Bible and by just choosing not to answer the questions honestly and faithfully to scripture. But unfortunately, you can't avoid uh, confronting these issues, right? So, and there are people who think they can be um, lukewarm Christians and never have to really venture into discussions about holiness. But I would submit uh, I would counter that by submitting that any discussion about what's right and wrong is a discussion about God's holiness, because any discussion about what's right and what's wrong is a discussion about what God will and will not accept. And that goes back to um, God's holiness, right? Because what God will and will not accept speaks to uh, God's holiness, speaks to God's love, speaks to God's righteousness, speaks to God's justice. And so unfortunately, there is there's just no running away from that. Uh, what's right and what is wrong speaks to that discussion on holiness. So we would do well to take these prescripts seriously. We would do well to start to read the Bible with meaning, right? Read for meaning, rather. Um, and not just to read to mark, to, to mark the, the verse off um, as a verse you've read for the day. 
uh, but to actually respect God's standard as the one true standard, right? As the only standard worth holding. Um, I think that I've, I've had to, I've had to take a step back in my own life and reevaluate that not only in terms of things I'm feeling convicted about, uh, uh, you know, for instance, with the, with, with the issue of modesty and just uh, learning uh, a few things on modesty and unlearning a few other things on modesty, but also in regards to worship, right? A, a lot of um, my preoccupation recently with uh, problems and things that aren't going too well and just difficulty and even with uh, feeling under the weather right now and not feeling too great and everything, it's very easy to be preoccupied with your problems and even end up worshiping them. Uh, without knowing so just keep in mind that uh, worship is the attention of the heart whatever your heart is attending to uh, your mind will follow out of the abundance of the heart the mind speaks um, or at least the mouth speaks pardon me uh, but whatever your your heart is dwelling on the bible also says um, to guard your heart for from it flows all else or everything else you do flows from your heart um, so the heart is very important uh, and particularly as it, as, it, as it relates to worship um, you might be making your problems um, and your troubles and your stress an idol in your life. You might be worshipping your problems. If they're the first thing you think about in the morning and the last thing you think about at night, um, if they're the thing you think about for a huge chunk of your day, um, you might be worshipping your problems. So um, that's just free stuff on for, for me on my side. I don't know if... Um, if that speaks to you, but as always, this only uh, this shoe is only for those um, whom it fits. If it doesn't fit you, of course you 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 aren't forced to put it on. That would be too uncomfortable, wouldn't it? Uh, the conversation, of course, about uh, worship as the attention of the heart and about modesty as well is going to continue in the comment section. I'll be keeping an eye out for interactions uh, in there as well as on my social media. I will be checking those accounts uh, for any interactions regarding today's episode. That'll be at Lele Mutadi underscore on Twitter and on Instagram. And um, until next time, um, that's, that's all I've had for you today. Please breathe deeply, drink water, and do pray. It's been an absolute pleasure spending time with you. I've been Lele Mutadi. Stay blessed. Ah. <laughs>